I hope you have a great Thanksgiving with your immediate family, uh, those of you that love this time of year, and all of the uh, food and the celebrations, and most importantly, the heart of Thanksgiving that uh, lets God know that we are grateful for everything that he has blessed us with. I've heard the joke, <clears throat> I've heard it said that uh, the meal, the Thanksgiving meal, isn't over when you're full. Uh, the Thanksgiving meal is actually over when you hate yourself, <laughs> when you have ate so much that you hate yourself. Speaking of food, I heard the joke about little Johnny's preschool class had gone on a field trip to uh, the fire station and the firefighter was giving a presentation and he held up a smoke detector and he asked the class, does anyone know what this is? Little Johnny is waving his hand and so the firefighter acknowledges little Johnny and little Johnny responded, that's how my mom knows that dinner is ready. That's how my mom knows that dinner is ready. Uh, but I hope in Thanksgiving and in food and family and friends, I hope you stay safe. And uh, most importantly, I, have the, I hope that you have a spirit of gratitude and appreciation for God's blessings in your life. I want to share with you today, as we continue talking about there is more, I want to talk to you about developing a there is more mentality or mindset, developing a there is more mentality or mindset. I'm asking you today, as we look at God's Word, that you would ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you individually. And sometimes we hear God's Word and we're thinking, well, I really hope this person is watching today, or I hope he or she is listening. And may maybe in this moment, just block out the tendency to do that and say, God, speak to me, what is it in my life that your word, your spirit is trying to challenge me today? Everyone say, there is more. Can we say it one more time? There is, there is more. First Kings chapter number 18, I'm beginning to read at verse number 41. I want to read down through and including verse number 45. It says in verse 41, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bowed himself down on the earth, and he put his face, he put his face between his knees, and he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked, and he said, Notice this, There is nothing. There is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. At the seventh time, he said, behold, little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you Final verse, and in a little while the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a great, notice this story side, there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. As we look at God's word today, I pray. I pray that your heart and mind is going to be open. I pray that scripture is going to penetrate your spirit today. 
that it's going to go to the very core of who you are, and you are going to be challenged as we look at God's Word. What are the areas of your life right now that you are sensing and seeing nothing, but God is saying, even though you don't see it right now, that does not mean I'm not working. It does not mean that I am not shifting. It does not mean that I am not up to something. And in the meantime, in the meantime, we are going to shift our minds, shift our thoughts to believe, to have, to develop this there is more mindset and mentality. When I read these verses of Scripture and I see this servant bringing the news, there is nothing. There is nothing. Let me ask you today, what is your, what is your nothing? If you were to tell me right now, Pastor Micah, I don't feel like I have, what would that answer be? I don't have joy. I don't have peace. I don't have confidence. I don't have rest. Well, what, what is it that you would say we don't have? Or, or maybe you would say, I've missed out or I'm missing out. Or when, when, I, when I look out, my nothing is. What, what would that answer be today? You know, sometimes when you have a there is nothing moment or season of life, you can actually just start to fall into the rut of saying it's fine, it's okay, it's enough. Maybe you would even think it's too late or, or we've tried or we hoped or we've already done that or it's not working. Maybe your there is nothing is something that's, that's in your marriage or your family or for others, your ministry or your calling. Now, I want to talk today to someone who feels like that you're at a nothing crossroads. You, you, are, you are at a nothing moment in your life where, where the vision or the dream, the business, the education, the relationship, whatever that is in your life where you're saying there's nothing, Micah. There there is no communication in my marriage. There's no intimacy or passion. There there is no spark. There's nothing there. Pastor Micah, there's, there's nothing on my job. When I walk in the door, that exuberance, that excitement that I used to have, it's not there anymore. It's it's something that's tolerated. It's something that I just put up with. There is nothing. If you would have talked to me years ago about that purpose or plan of God or my ministry or calling, but right now, there's nothing. Maybe for others, it's even in worship. There was a time where you would sense God's Spirit and sense God's presence, and you felt like you were so one with with those holy moments. But right now, today, you would say, when I try, when I attempt, when I praise, when I pray, there's nothing. I want to talk to you today. Most importantly, I want God's Word to talk to you today. The reality is that nothing can show up in our education, our health, our parenting. You you say, I'm trying to talk to my son or daughter. It's like talking to the wall. When I try to get through to them, it's, it's, it's nothing. 
Nothing can show up in, in ministry and it can show up in, in evangelism. You know when you're asking that family or friend to, to open up and give Jesus a chance and they continue to tell you no, no is part of nothing. It's, it's part, it's the first couple letters of the word and maybe you've experienced that when you have that conversation with that person that you want so greatly for them to open up to Jesus and it's nothing, 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 nothing. Nothing can show up in all of these areas of our lives. And the natural reaction can be to quit, to quit, to throw in the towel, to be done. When, when, when you experience nothing, to say, okay, I'm not talking to my husband anymore about it. I'm not even going to attempt to try uh, to talk to my wife. Okay, son or daughter, you, you want to respond that way? Okay, individual, that when I, you know, I share Jesus or I try to be positive and it's no, 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 the natural tendency can be to quit when you see or you sense nothing. And so as you begin to think about some of the areas in your life today, whether it's personal or whether or not it's relational, or even in a big sense, whether it's spiritual, how do you respond when you hear like they did here? You hear the words, there is nothing. Pastor Micah, I want to believe there's more. I want to believe there's more for Storyside. I want to believe there's more for Ohio. I want to believe there's more for our nation. Pastor Micah, I want to believe there's more for me. But what do you do? What do you do when you feel like there is nothing? As we look at this message today and having a there is more mindset, there are some things I see in these verses 41 through 45 that I want to extract today that I believe can be a principle or a pattern that you and I can apply to our lives. I feel the Holy Spirit today, even as I'm challenging you to, to look at God's Word and say, what can I do when I'm hearing there is nothing, but I'm believing there is more? What do I do, Micah? The first couple of things that stood out to me as I read these verses is the importance of the prophetic. The importance, we're developing a there is more mindset or mentality and this is really, really important. It's the importance or the priority of the prophetic. Maybe you've heard that word before and you're saying, Micah, what does that mean exactly? If someone prophesies or if someone is prophetic, what does that even mean? You see, the man of God here is actually considered a prophet. When you hear that word, it, it means that someone is making a spiritual prediction. That someone is, is revealing this revelation. That, that, that this person is speaking a promise that is going to come to pass. Let, let, let me just take it down another level again as we simplify it. When someone prophesies something, it's, it's that they are sensing it. Think about this. They are sensing it before they see it. They are sensing it. 
before they see it. Before we ever get to the cloud the size of a man's hand, before we ever get down to an abundance of rain, it starts with, it starts with in verse 41, a sound, a sound of an abundance or a rushing of rain. And I pray even right now, in the Holy Spirit of God, that we would start with that prophetic sound. You say, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't see the breakthrough. I don't see this working together for good. I don't see this falling into place. But before we ever see it, could we sense it today? Could the Holy Spirit of God settle our spirits to say, even if I don't see it, I sense it. I just know that I know that I know it's not there is nothing. It's actually there is more. And so the first thing I see here as we look at God's Word is I see the importance of the prophetic. The second thing that I see is the importance of posture. The importance of posture. Verse 42 says, he's sensing it. We don't see it yet. He's sensing it. He, he goes up, verse 42 says, he goes up and he bows himself down. He goes up and he bows himself down. Can I ask you today's story side? How are you positioning yourself? If we were to look at your social media, how are you positioning yourself? If we were to listen in on conversations, how are you positioning yourself? Your emotions, your thoughts, how are you positioning yourself? If we are developing a there is more mentality and mindset, it is imperative that we posture ourselves in a position that says, I am leaning into, I am believing for, there is more. When you look at the importance of posture, some people will actually position themselves in pride or position themselves in arrogance or ego or position themselves into a place that is not conducive to a miracle. But I love here right at the onset that when he goes up, he bows himself down. How important is humility right now? How important is it to say, God, we open up our hearts, we open up our lives to you right now. God, we have never been more hungry for the Holy Spirit than right now in 2020. God, we have never been more in need. He went up and he bowed himself down. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. I want to challenge you right now that in whatever area of your life you're hearing the enemy say there's nothing. It, it seems like when you look at that situation or season, you know there's nothing. I want to challenge you right now, begin to posture yourself. Come on, story side, begin to posture yourself. I, I know I'm hearing there is nothing, but I'm going to position myself right now to believe that there is more. Not only do I see the importance of the prophetic sensing it before I see it, not only do I see the importance of posture, 
but I'm reminded of the importance of prayer. Can we say that together? The importance of prayer. Prayer should not be a spare tire. It should be our steering wheel. Prayer should be the thing that is driving us right now. Driving our lives, driving our relationships, driving our church. It's not a last resort. It's not a spare tire. It's not what we do when we hit rock bottom. Those are all good moments to call on God. But prayer shouldn't be on the back end. Prayer should be something that we are doing on the front end. Verse number 42 says that he put his head between his knees. You say, Micah, what, what should we be doing right now for our county? We should pray. What should we be doing for our state? We should pray. What should we do for our nation right now? We should pray. What should we do when we hear there is nothing? We should pray. What should we do when we feel like there's no hope? We should pray. Billy Graham said this, to get nations back on their feet, we must first get down on our knees. To get nations back on their feet, we must first get down on our knees. I have every single day now in this season, I have been saying out loud, not just thinking it, not just meditating on it, but saying it out loud, the Lord's Prayer. I have begun to do it with family and people close to me, and I've been challenging people online. Say the Lord's Prayer. Begin to speak things and reminders like, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's no name like the name of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, like right now, this day, give us this day. And tomorrow I'm going to believe for tomorrow. And the day after I'm going to believe for that day. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine, what a great reminder right now. For thine is the kingdom. The power and the glory forever and ever. You're not caught off guard right now, God. You're not surprised when I'm hearing there is nothing. When, when people are saying there, you're, you're, you're not surprised by that. You still have all power. You're still going to get all glory. And I've been praying that Lord's Prayer every single day. And I want to challenge you right now in this season, find this posture, this priority of prayer in your life. When I read these handful of verses, I see the importance of the prophetic, I see the importance of posture, the importance of prayer. As we wrap up our message today, these final few things as I see, I see the importance of patience. Come on, parent. Come on, business leader. Come on, teacher, most importantly, Christian. How easy is it right now to get impatient? How easy is it when you're dealing with that child or maybe you're juggling your bills or you have faced some of these crazy health situations of this season? How easy is it to get impatient? 
How easy is it to say, I want it right now. I want it for story side right now. I want it in my life right now. We can get impatient. But I see here as I'm reading these verses the importance of patience. When you hear there is nothing, how do you handle letdowns? How do you handle letdowns? When he comes to the man of God and says, there is nothing, what are they, they, what are they saying to you today? Maybe that's social media. Maybe it's the news. Maybe it's the people that are in your world. What are they saying to you? Because it's so easy to get caught up in they said. It's in this moment where he comes back and tells him that there's, there's nothing. This is where unmet expectations can set in. Remember how this started? It, it was what he sensed. What do you do when what you sense doesn't match up with what they say? You sense it, but that's not what they're saying. This is where the importance of patience comes in. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 25, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, yet have, yet have, come on, story side, when you don't have it yet, what do you do? You and I wait for it patiently. Patiently. This is the importance of patience. You say, but I don't see my husband changing yet. I don't see my wife changing yet. I don't see that coworker, that friend. I've been trying to be salt and light. I've been trying to reach them. I, I don't see them changing yet. I, I've been praying and believing for my son or my daughter, Pastor Mike, and it's just not turned yet. I've been hoping, I've been desiring, I, I've, I've been believing. What do you do when you are at this crossroads where what you are sensing is not showing? What do you do? I want to encourage you right now in the Holy Spirit of God. I want to encourage you, let patience, let patience, let patience have its perfect work in your life. The importance of of patience. And finally, the importance of persistence. The importance of persistence. He tells him, go again seven times. Go again seven times. When, when you're hearing there is nothing, and all of a sudden, this spirit or or this, this priority of persistence kicks in, and, and you have a man of God saying, you've got to be willing to work for it. You've got to be willing to wait for it. And just think about it. First time, no. Second time, no. Third time, no. Fourth time, no. You know what I'm talking about? You know how easy it is to get frustrated when you feel like it's closed door, closed door, closed door, Come on, closed door, 
closed door and you're, and you're like, do I have to climb Carmel again? And it's time number four and it's time number five. And, and I don't know if I want to climb Carmel again. And I don't know if I want to have another conversation and, and another prayer time and more patience. And, and number five turns into number six. This this is the importance of persistence. The Bible says if you knock, you've got to keep on knocking. And I pray the Holy Spirit, the Holy Word of God would stir up somebody today that says, I've tried that before. They, they, they would be challenged right now, try again. And you say, but I've already done it two or three or four times. But I'm asking you to climb Carmel time number five and time Number six, this is the importance of persistence. As we get ready to pray, you see the importance of preparation. Verse number 44 says that they saw a little cloud, a little cloud, the size of a man's hand, a little cloud. And into this part of the passage, comes the encouragement and the direction to prepare for an outpouring that would be overwhelming. It starts with sensing. It moves into seeing. But when I see, it's just a little, a little, a small. It was just like a silver lining, like, like you just saw a sign in that person. You, you just saw a statement, just something Little that thought, wow, where did that come from, Micah? Like, what, what, what is happening with them right now? And it was just small. It was just tiny. It was just a man's hand. But the man of God says, I want you to take that. Just, just take that, that man's hand. I want you to take just that sign. And I want you to believe for something that is so great and so powerful and so big based on, I want you to believe in the big blessing of God based on this little man's hand, this little cloud. This is the importance of preparing. You say, Pastor Micah, how can you say you believe we're going to see something big in 2021? How how can you say that you believe God is not done with Ohio yet? How, how can you speak and say the glory of the latter house? How, how can you be so confident that God is going to grow His great church? Because there's something about preparing that even though I'm here, I believe God is already putting it in place there. And it's developing in you and I, it's developing a there is more mindset. I want to challenge someone today that I don't know what you're seeing that seems little or small, but I want to stir up your faith right now as we pray to believe that even though this is what I see, I'm preparing for something that is exceeding and abundant above and beyond even what I'm thinking or imagining or seeing right now. I am preparing for the outpouring of God. The final thing that concludes and culminates this amazing biblical story is the importance of heaven's outpouring. The importance of heaven's outpouring. 
In Acts chapter 2, we see the outpouring where the heavens are opened and heaven touches the hearts of humanity. It's heaven's outpouring. In Malachi chapter 3, we see where the heavens are opened. You, you have one-on-one -on -one encounters, whether it's Saul or others, where, where they have encounters where heaven has an outpouring. Here in this story, we see where the heavens or the clouds, the skies begin to shift. They begin to move. And heaven is going to impact earth. We pray that in the Lord's Prayer, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what started with a cloud the size of a man's hand, my prayer today is that it would start somewhere for you. If today you were hearing there is nothing, if today you're listening and you're thinking, I'm so discouraged, I'm so down, I pray today that it would start with the prophetic, that it would start with sense, sensing. I, I pray that your posture and prayer would kick in. I, I pray that there would be something on the inside of you that, that would say, you know, even if it's a little cloud or, or if it's just the size of a man's hand and, and it's not much, but I'm going to believe today. Most importantly, as you begin to position yourself, I am going to pray as your pastor today. I am going to pray for heaven's outpouring. The Bible says the heavens grew black and there was a great rain. What was dry and who was dry? All of a sudden, the rain began to fall. And this abundance, this abundance of rain showed up. I pray that today for you. I pray for the places that seem like they're so dry. I pray that the rain of God is going to show up. That that house, that relationship, that family that says, Micah, I am so empty. I am so dry. I am so, I pray that the rain of God would show up for you today. I pray for that relationship that seems like it's hanging on by a thread. I pray for the reign of God to show up for that relationship today. I pray in our school systems that the reign of God would show up. I pray in colleges and universities that the reign of God would show up. I pray in businesses and companies and factories. I pray that the reign of God would show up. In churches across our nation, whether it's through technology and and a camera and a screen, or whether or not it's Zoom calls or prayer meetings, I pray that the reign of God would show up. I pray in worship settings and times around the Word of God, I pray that the reign of God would show up. I pray for that person that feels like, you know, I, I have lost, I have lost my hunger for God. I, I've lost my thirst for God. Pastor Micah, I've just got stagnant. I've got status quo. I pray today for the reign of God to show up. I pray across our country and across the world that what seems like it's barren and destitute, I pray for the reign of God 
to show up. I feel the Holy Ghost even saying it today that what seems destitute, what seems like a desert, what seems like we're hearing there is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing. I pray today there would be a sensing that that's not true. That's not right. That's not accurate. It's a lie of the enemy to convince you and I there is nothing when in reality there is more. There is more. There's more forgiveness. There's more grace. There's more mercy. There's more second chances. There is more opportunity. There is more creativity. There is more Holy Spirit. There is more. And I don't know what you need right now. I don't know what you need in your life right now. But I pray that even as God's Word was shared today, maybe you started by thinking there's nothing. I pray there's been a shift in your spirit to believe. That's not true. It's not there is nothing. There is actually more. As you give me the opportunity to pray with you today, if it's that relationship, I'm asking you to get it on the forefront of your mind as we pray right now. If it is that ministry or calling we talked about earlier, get it on the forefront of your mind. If it's your body, if it's your emotions, get it on the forefront of your mind. I want to pray today. If it's forgiveness of sin, if you've got messed up in sin, for others, if you have shame because of your past, get it on the forefront of your mind. Whatever it is that life, these voices, and maybe even the enemy is telling you, there is nothing, there is nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing. As I pray today, I am believing that actually you are going to experience and believe and know that there is more. Let's pray together today. God, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to StorySide today. I don't know the person that's listening right now that says, I've already gone up Carmel one time. Mike, I've, I've already tried a second time, a third time. There's nothing. I, I've walked up Carmel a fourth or fifth time. Pastor Micah, I'm so ready to quit. I'm so ready to throw in the towel. I pray right now that they wouldn't just hear me. They would hear you, God, your spirit, your word. I pray that you would find your way through that phone, that tablet, that TV, that computer you would find that person today that's so ready to call it quits with their caramel that you would challenge them climb up again it's the power of persistence that you would remind them today that there is a cloud and there is an abundance of rain and that God you still have a move and you still have a say you would remind them today that there is more if it's grace they need there's more grace if it's forgiveness they need, there's more forgiveness. If it's strength, there's more strength. If it's peace or joy, there's more. If there's rest, they need rest today. There's more rest. Remind someone today that there is more. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.